listen up. We have a problem. It's called defense. We don't really know how to play it anymore. We struggle a lot on that side of the ball. And you may have wondered, was there ever a time when the Atlanta Falcons were good at defense? Well, I'm here to tell you, yes, there was. Actually, in 1977, led by Mr. Glanville himself, the Atlanta Falcons only allowed 129 points. Ooh, that's some incredible defense. And I miss it. And maybe you do too. They were called the Grits Blitz. And so that's the name of this podcast. Essentially, it's a tribute to one of the all-time greatest defense the NFL ever saw. And it's a longing for one day when the ATL will have a defense just like it. But that's not today. But maybe it'll be tomorrow. Who knows? This is the Grits Blitz. This is the Atlanta Falcons podcast. Let's get to it. to the grits blitz this is mikey puckett your host and i have not been on in quite some time but i am excited uh, to jump back on and talk a little bit about the atlanta falcons uh, one is just to say how good it is to be on the winning side of things i think the last time i talked we at the point at the time i think we'd i don't think we've won a, had won a football game yet so it's nice to be on here and be like, we've won three games, we're three and three, we're at 500. I mean, it's got to feel good uh, as a Falcons uh, fan to um, be in that spot. I'm, I'm overjoyed um, that it, you know, we're one game away from tying what we did last year. So uh, I'll take it. Um, I'm not going to complain about that. Um, and it's nice to be at 500. And I really, you know, maybe I can just briefly kind of catch us up and, and make some points about a few things. I think um, when we get in the win against the Giants was big. Obviously, it was more of I feel like the Giants gave us that win instead of us taking that win, but we ended up getting it. So, and let me kind of say like part of like when you're developing a team, and I think that's what we're in the process of right now. We're in the process of developing a football team in season, a team that needs to kind of figure out their identity, what they're going to do, what they're going to be going for. I think the coaching staff's figuring that out. And as much as I wish that happened in the preseason, it's actually it's just going to happen during season. Um, and so you lose to the Eagles, lose to the Bucks, uh, both kind of complete blowouts. So you're losing big, all right? And, and uh, you know, the great Bobby Bowden, um, one of my favorite, actually my favorite football coach of all time, you know, would say, you know, when you're building a team, you're going to lose big at the beginning, then you start losing a little by a little, and then you start winning by a little, and then you start winning big. So we're losing big. So that's why I'm thinking, man, we, we have a potential to be one of the worst teams in football based on Eagles and Bucks. Get to the Giants, and, and you you actually, instead of losing by a little, you start winning by a little. All right? And then you lose by a little against Washington. So you're, you're in that win by a little, lose by a little phase right now. Um, and then you get play the Jets, you win by a little play the Dolphins you win by a little so maybe we've transitioned over the last three weeks from that like losing big to losing by a little we moved into the losing by a little phase and now we're winning by a little phase and that's something that I would like to just kind of comment on and say this team is coming together it's developing a little bit it's it's bringing the pieces together uh it seems like they have found someone of identity that identity being Cordero Patterson and Kyle Pitts on offense 
on defense, that identity being kind of a, uh, and you know, really just being really on defense. I think they're still searching for that identity. It's kind of a bend, don't break kind of defense uh, a little bit. I think that's not what Pease wants to see happening. I think he does want to create more pressure on the quarterback, but for whatever reason, we can't get to them. Uh, and maybe that's because we were playing QBs, you know, like Heineke, Wilson, to, uh, you know, Jalen Hurts, who have an ability to avoid sacks. I don't know. But we're just really not producing um, probably what uh, Dean Pease wants to see happen. But here we are, 3-3, three and three, and I'll take it. Uh, I, 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 after the Bucks game, I really felt like this team probably was going to be a lower-tier football team. on on the, and, and now I feel more confident to say that I think this team is going to finish uh, finish around that even mark 500 mark average mark uh, so that's that's actually based that's kind of more what I thought this team would be just going into the season but then when I watched them play against the Eagles and Buccaneers I was like okay maybe this team really is just going to be really bad this year and, and, and we're going to have to really do an overhaul uh, mid-season with, with trades and even, you know, set ourselves up to get a bunch of draft picks uh, in 2022. But now I feel a little bit better. And also, you know, the play of Matt Ryan has um, leveled up. Uh, he seems a little bit more comfortable and actually is having a solid uh, year so far, um, especially in this uh, in the last three games. He's We've been able uh, to come out and put, put a lot of points up, which I am encouraged by. Uh, because that's what was make, giving me the most concern was, oh gosh, maybe, maybe we really did make a huge mistake getting rid of Julio, uh, and it seems like that probably was now for the better, as he hasn't really been able to play um, for the Titans, and I, and you know, that's kind of one of my frustrations with him over the last few years is his health and not really being able to get a lot from Julio um, because he would just not be able to play in football games, so. There you kind of have it, you know, and one of the things that I think is very fascinating about this Falcons team that I have noticed kind of a culture shift or a change is instead of being a front-running team, this team seems to handle bad moments better uh, than it's than I've seen in a long time. I think in the Mike Smith era, they this this reminds me this team reminds me a little bit more of the Mike Smith era, where there's just a little bit better ability to handle the adversity for whatever reason the Dan Quinn era was like you know just hot or cold you're either going to punch them in the face take a huge lead hold on for dear life at the end and hope that you finish the game out with the with the win and, and a lot of times we did in that era and, and a lot and then towards the end obviously we we weren't making that happen and and so you know that that was one of those things that was maybe a little frustrating for me is is because the team just if they weren't the ones making the first punch and weren't the ones taking, you know, you know, an early big lead, you know, then it was going to either be a blowout and or, you know, even if they did take a big lead, it was it was hold on for dear life. But this team seems to just kind of consistently throw the punches and it has a good left and has a good right. Like we're we're left and right. We can run and we can throw, you know, we can we can hurt you a little bit with the rushing attack and we can hurt you with with by air and we'll throw it over the middle of the field we'll we'll attack your players we'll 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 go after it so i like that a lot i like that the team has an ability uh to just play consistently from first quarter to fourth quarter now i'll say that we lean on the side of starting slow for whatever reason i feel like every game i watch this year our our first quarter is like our worst quarter and our fourth quarter 
feels sometimes like our worst still. And I think we're exercising some of those fourth quarter demons um, with the Arthur Smith era, which I'm grateful for. Um, I'll take it. I'm, I'm still, you know, wondering kind of if Arthur Smith is the answer. But what I am like, what I see from him is that he's developing this team as the year goes along. Uh, and that's encouraging. I think this team is actually going to finish the year better than it started I think that the you know they're coming into more of the meat of their schedule with the Panthers and Saints. So like obviously I wish they would have. I really think that Washington loss is going to haunt us um, a lot uh, for whatever reason. I just feel like that is that's one of those. If we're finishing around that 500 mark and and maybe on the edge of making a playoff berth, that is the one that we'll circle and go. We really should have won that football game, but we kind of handed that one away. You beat Jets, Dolphins. I think those teams are in the lower tier category. So obviously, I don't think we are a lower tier team. Now you're coming up on the Panthers, and you know Sam Darnold has kind of fallen back to earth a little bit. And I'm interested to see what kind of Sam Darnold we're going to see. Um, you know, on Sunday, I I like that it's at home. So I think. I feel good that we could potentially, I think we can win that game. Obviously we can lose that game um, because I, I do think Matt rules is a good coach and has things figured out. So I actually think you're going to split between the Panthers and saints. Uh, you're going to either win one or lose the other. So if you lose the Panthers, I think that you come out hot against your rival saints and, and beat them. Um, so I think we're going to go trade for against Panthers saints. Uh, and really, honestly, if they want to make a run at the playoffs, they do need to, in the next two games, uh, split them evenly and be at 500 after the Saints going into the Cowboys. Uh, so that that would be nice if they win both of those games. I'm gonna feel really confident about this team actually making having a having a chance at being a wild card. Uh, I think the Bucks are gonna run away with this division. So obviously, I think we're just going to land for sure in that wild card spot. That's the best we can hope for. There's the division is is getting that that is getting and, it, and it's just evident that Tampa's the team. Um, Tampa's the team in the NFC. So, um, I like how we handled, you know, we, we had turnovers in this game. Um, I, we had, I, when I saw, I think it was two, one was a pick. This is frustrating. The pick with Calvin Ridley is really annoying. I, I continue just to want to point out that just Calvin is just not, he, he has the drops, you know, he has this, like, there's so many more plays he can make if he just is cleaner at catching the football. I don't know if it's a focus thing. I don't know if it's, if it's just a... You know, if the ball, if Matt Ryan isn't giving it, throwing it to him in his sweet spot, it might be a mixture of both. But even in, in, on the pick, I mean, he has his hands on it. Just tuck that ball and catch it. And But he just is soft with it, hands the ball off pretty much to the DB and gets the interception. Then Matt Ryan fumbles it. But both times, uh, both ways, I think we just returned the favor and got the pick next by Aluakon. You know, we respond to adversity very well, this football team. So I'm really encouraged by that. Um, we haven't really played a clean football to this point. I don't think this team has really played a really clean football game. I would love to see that happen over the next two weeks against our rivals, Panthers and Saints. And I think if they do play clean football, they can beat these the Saints and the Panthers. Uh, I think the Saints have some um, issues and some injuries, and I think you have a shot beating them early um, instead of later uh in the, in the year because they might be getting healthy. Um, yeah, and just want them to put it all together. That'd be nice. Okay, so let's talk about the defense. 
you you got some missed tackles here. There, there's a lot of plays where where the guy is there to make the play, to make the tackle, misses it, and and, and it goes you know for for more. And also the third and longs are really getting annoying. Like the third and fifteens, you know, the third and nineteens, whatever it is. You know, Miami picking those up is just so frustrating to me because it's just like, come on, like you gotta, you just gotta, you gotta make the play. You gotta, you gotta do it. And I thought like we we should probably pressure Tua more. I thought we too early in the fourth quarter we had a two score lead. We jump into a more preventative defense too early, uh, way too early. I think you still just gotta keep hitting the gas and trying to get to Tua. Um, because when we were getting, when we get to him and we make him move around and try to throw, um, you know, like you know, when we were we were getting pressure to him, he was making mistakes. I just, I just felt like we let off the gas on defense a little too early uh, and, and gave too much, um, gave gave to a too much uh, in the fourth quarter because we were we were kind of just kind of playing a soft shell, uh, which is you know very frustrating. And then, um, you know, so you. you I really was proud of Aluakon responding with that pick. <laughs> he shocked me when he hit the gas off that pick. Uh, I was like, whoa. <laughs> if Jalen Waddle wasn't near, uh, he's probably running that in. I mean, he took off, and I, I was I was impressed. I think he's, he's doing really good. And overall, just the defense is average. I think the team is in an average spot. If we want to make a playoff birthday, those guys need to, to reach a top 10 level. I'm not sure we have the personnel to do that and can do that. Uh, I think in the trade deadline, I think you know it's going to tell me a lot of what Arthur Smith thinks. I think we need to go after uh, some guys on defense and try to to seal up. Uh, you know, I, I, we we need to get to the QB, and, and I think you know just the that's just something that's always bothered me is how we've been really bad at getting to the quarterback on defense, and I'd like to see that change. Transitioning to offense, Kyle Pitts, what a game. Like, just coming off. I loved it. National tight end day came out. Just so encouraging to see. I mean, he's the highest drafted ever tight end, and you're kind of going, oh, gosh, you know, what's what's he going to produce for us um, in his first year? Um, I know that I have him on my fantasy teams. You know, I was like, oh, this is risky, but let's go. And he had a game of his life. It was awesome. I mean, that one-handed catch was sick. I mean, that's what you get him in here for. That's what people were saying in the scouting reports is this guy's a freak. And he showed that he's a freak. He is a, he is a nightmare. He, if he can stay healthy, if he can be a guy that's healthy for us, uh, we are going to have, we are going to cause significant issues for defenses from here on out with him. And really what you need is Calvin really just to pick his butt off the ground and start playing a lot better and you have a dynamic duo again with Pitts and Ridley like you had with Julio and Ridley for a season or two. Then the surprise for me is Cordero Patterson. I mean, I thought Mike Davis would be the guy coming into this year, and he's been a disappointment, but Cordero Patterson has exceeded my expectations uh, and has done a great job at just, you know, there's I think one of the key plays for me of like winning football was on the third and two in the fourth quarter, trying to set up the young way um, field goal. And, you know, I think in years past, we just get blown up and get, you know, Todd Gurley gets sacked behind the line there. And then we kick it, maybe make it or miss it either one. And then we get the ball back to the offense and they go down and, and, and they win the game, you know, and, to be able to pick up that first down to run the clock down is a winning football play, and Cordero Patterson did that for us. I think that it was the biggest play of the game was that third and two was, uh, and that was the 
that is winning football is when it comes down to it, you know, your offensive line buckles down, your running back buckles down, and they pick up that short yard situation that everyone knows is coming. It's clear, you know, and that's just winning football. You know, one-on-one matchups on the offensive line and running back side of things, and they just wanted it more than the Dolphins. And that's how you win football games. I mean, the play, they knew what play was going to be. It was going to be a run play. There's nothing down about it. You want them to exercise their timeouts and run clock as much as you can. And so it was super predictable. It was a predictable situation. And you, in a one-on-one matchup, predictable play, won the play. It did not matter because you have Patterson, you had the offensive line uh, buckled down and, and want to win. And that's encouraging. So I love the Patterson um, and what he's doing, um, Cordero, and it's it's just encouraging. It's encouraging. Now, I don't think he's a long-term answer um, for the Falcons, so I do think you need to start thinking and looking at running backs coming in, out in the draft, and, and really, I would love it, you know, even if <laughs> even if at the trade deadline you go after, I mean, I just get so jealous that there's Dalvin Cook and, and Madison, you know, Madison's a freak, you know, comes in for Cook when he's hurt and just dominates. Uh, and Nick Chubb and, uh, you know, Kareem Hunt. Like, I'm so jealous of that. Even the third string guy is d- dominating. You know, I'm like, let's bring in a guy like that. Or you have, um, you know, yeah, you have you have guys all over the place, you know, that are, are you know, top, you have top tier running backs. Yeah, you know, Hubbard and, and McCaffrey. Like, you're just like, man, you know. <laughs> can we get can we get one of your backups please um so i would love to see us go after maybe a running back um that can compliment patterson actually better than mike davis mike davis i don't know what's up with him um he's a he's been somewhat disappointing um so and then and then the nice thing too is is coo you know coming up i mean he's perfect what else can you ask from the guy the guy's perfect so let's keep it going uh absolutely love it love that the team got the win we're able to celebrate that um I think moving forward, you're going to have to develop a better run scheme. Um, B, I think they kind of they tried that in the first two games. I think Arthur Smith bailed on that, you know, because we were so committed to running the football against the Eagles and Bucks, and said this team right now, in like it is, is, is an air raid offense, um, and that's the DNA of it. And so he's just bailed on that and said we're just going to air it out. And so moving forward after the Buccaneers, we've aired it out. Matt Ryan's kind of caught up to his statistical norms. Looks pretty normal again and uh if you can figure out some better ways to get the run game going honestly i think a big problem is is the mayfield kid at guard you just have offensive line issues and so you do have to kind of figure that out a little bit but they're getting better each week they're getting better and that's kind of what you need and what you can ask for i want to you know briefly point out too that you know you you know the nfc south is is interesting Uh, obviously tampa's you know extending that lead they're going to probably win the division but when it comes to the saints falcons and panthers i think these teams are kind of very similar uh, probably the saints have a, an edge a little bit with it uh partially because of the coaching and the you know the personnel they have with kamara i think Jameis is a good quarterback uh and has you know and unfortunately for us torched us constantly and so i'm interested though to see i think it you know, this can go, this season can go either way. You lose these two games against the Panthers Saints. I think you're reverting back to a little bit. I don't think lower tier, you know, but you, you, you're going to be in that like six win to, you know, to kind of seven win season. But I think with the way the schedule sets up, if you can beat the Saints and Panthers this week, you could have a nice little run here because you're playing the Patriots, you're playing the Jaguars, you're playing the Lions, you're playing, yeah, you got, 
out of the the teams that you're playing are are struggling. Um, you got the 49ers. All teams that are struggling, um, like you, um, you're not playing the you know the teams that are dominating in the NFL right now. So that is nice. Um, so you do play the Cowboys though, and, and they they are pretty they're pretty good. Um, but it would be fun to beat the Cowboys because Dan Quinn's over there. Uh, now, quick change of subject. The Braves are in the freaking World Series, so let's go. We win Game One last night. How awesome is that? I mean, just what, just, just what? Maybe you know a little bit of a championship culture is being brewed um, in Atlanta. So you got Trey, um, you know, uh, Trey Young. No, yeah, uh, for the Hawks, uh, you know, like, come on, they they have a great postseason. Now you have the Braves with a great postseason, making a run. They're at the World Series, have a chance to win it win it all and, and maybe think the tide's turning for Atlanta sports um you know you got you know University of Georgia uh playing well Georgia Tech playing well so who knows who knows who knows what's gonna happen maybe maybe we're we're the, the curse is unfolding or maybe we're just gonna take a 3-0 lead in the World Series and blow it who knows what it is um but I won't believe it till I see it but very excited um for the Atlanta Braves um just been waiting a long time to see this happen um you know my grandfather uh you know you know, grew up a Braves fan, trained me to be a Braves fan. We would go to the games in the 90s. Um, we won the World Series in 95, obviously. You got Chipper Jones, like my favorite player. Love that dude. Uh, and, you know, you know, in 1999, they win, you know, they go to the World Series. And then in 2000, my grandfather ends up uh, losing his life. But the last thing, his last words um, on this earth, um, and, and baseball does this to you. It makes you think about, you know, life as a whole because it really is a sport. Um, that embodies life. You know, you're going to fail more in life than succeed. Um, but w- when you succeed um, in certain moments, in certain situations, you're, you know, you're going to remember those. Um, and so, you know, he, you know, him at the end of his life, you know, uh, he's struggling with colon cancer. Um, the last words he said and he asked everybody was, uh, did the Braves win? Um, and that was in May 2000, beginning of that 2000 season. And, um yeah, when they won the, uh, and beat the Dodgers, I thought about him, and that's kind of what baseball does. It, it makes you think about the people that you love. Um, and I think sports can do that too, um, but baseball has a kind of special way of doing that. So I was thinking about, I was thinking about the, uh, the good old Braves, my, my grandfather, and, and remembering him, and it was just really sweet. Um, really, really sweet. So I... Uh, I'm so excited um, that the Braves are in the World Series. I'm thinking about my grandpa. I'm thinking about, you know, my grandma, too, who loved the Braves, all who have passed away. Um, and I'm just, I just wish they were here to watch it and see it. I uh, wish they were here to experience it. But just I'm thrilled um, about this opportunity um, to just enjoy um, baseball in late October, early November with good, cool weather going on and, and, and having a chance to win it all. So we'll see what they do tonight. If they can get a 2-0 lead, that would be awesome. So, all right, thanks for listening. I uh, love you guys very much, um, and rise up. Get up, up.